Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, ben and I are here. We're recording another podcast week of Christmas, leading up to Christmas. So a little pre, um, pre what, what would it be? Yule time? Isn't that Christmas? Pre Yule time sure. wishes towards you. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody if we, we don't talk to you prior to, but um, or Happy Hanukkah or whatever it is you celebrate, man, I, I hope it's good for you. Um, but we are going to start off, we got another podcast here we're jumping into with a question. This is from a email that came in and guy's name is Colin. He emailed about, I think it's been about two weeks, I have emailed back and forth with him a bit. But I told him that I could get into this a little bit deeper um, in a podcast, and he was good about that. He said, "Yeah, that'd be great." So I'm gonna get started. I'm gonna get started right off by reading it. He says, "I have a few questions about training in a new puppy. We're picking up a standard poodle, December 19th, which today's the 23rd. So if, maybe he just got this dog." Um, he said, "I believe it will be between 10 and 12 weeks old. He's not sure. He's gonna check his wife's email to find out." My biggest, cons- my biggest question for you pertains to the actual training process. We have four, and that's a big, broad statement coming into this. So that's probably where I first red flagged it and said, uh, probably a podcast as opposed to a narrative book back. Because when your question is the biggest question pertains to the actual training process, that can get pretty deep. So um, he says, we have four children, the eldest being nine. Our lab is also nine. My goal for this puppy is to eventually have a deer dog. My problem is that I'm not taking the dog with me during the day to work. It'll be home with the wife and the kids all day. I know they won't follow the same training standard that I would be trying to achieve. Is it possible to have a dog that can have the discipline to be able to hunt sheds and track deer while also playing with the kids and having free range of the backyard? This will be our third dog. My wife trained the first two and they, we are incredible for discipline and obedience this is the first this is the first time i would like to go above and beyond that i'm just curious on how i can make this work it can be pretty wild in my house during the day i apologize for rambling i know you're incredibly busy thank you for your help that you may be able to provide p.s i'm listening to your podcast beginning at number one great content just purchased your training video package and some of your training aids to work with my nine-year-old lab. So first off, Colin, I appreciate your support um, with with both listening to the podcasts as well as um, purchasing some of our training stuff. I, you know, the podcast we treat the podcast as a, we were just having this conversation yesterday. We need to treat this podcast as a product. The thing about this product is, is we don't charge for it. That's okay. I don't. I, I think that's fine. I, my intentions with the podcast are to help people with their training. I do think that some of the stuff that we talk about, it's easier to do with some of the stuff that we offer from a product standpoint. That's not a sales thing. That's just simply explaining how to use what we use. It's And so go, going back to your first question here, my biggest question for you is about the actual training process. I look at it and I go, that's what I'm talking about. The training process includes so many things. And it's so evolving. It's not con- It's not static. It's in constant evolution. It's developing. It changes daily. It changes weekly, monthly, yearly, based on lots of variables. And so that's where it's. That's where there's just. I have a real hard time giving black and white answers. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you probably will pick up on that. If you've had conversations with me in the past, you'll probably have an understanding of what I mean. I don't give real black and white 
answers when it comes to dog training because I don't know that it's possible. I think I can, but I think I'd be BSing you because I think if I told you a black and white answer in a certain scenario or situation with you and your dog, you it may work for you, but it's a one in a hundred chance because the other 99 chances are a lot of variables come into play that if those aren't in place and align, then the black and white answer doesn't work or add up or make sense. So it's a process, meaning I just, I've just received a couple questions and I'm going to be responding back to them and we may end up turning them into podcasts. But one guy asked me, how come you don't use this drill? How come you don't use this drill? How come you don't use this drill? And it was all context coming from, he just sent his dog to a trainer. And I'm, I'm not even going to get into that one that deep because I think I might turn that into a podcast. But the, the answer, my answer will be, I don't, I don't read a playbook when it comes to training a dog. I don't like go step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, and there's a bazillion steps and you just follow the, the dots along the road and get to the end because it just doesn't work that way. Like how come I don't use those specific drills? Who, who's to say I don't? Or, or and, and quite honestly, I might not call them what, exactly what you call them, but like he said something about a T-drill. Now, I don't know what the hell a T-drill is. Because if you Google T-drill, you're going to see 50,000 videos come up on YouTube, and every guy is, and girl is doing them a little bit differently. They're all kind of speaking the same language because some guy back in the 50s or 60s or whatever year it was developed a program and he all of a sudden branded it, and it's this certain way of training. And now everyone thinks that that's the only way to train a dog. Like before the quote unquote T drill came out, there was somebody doing something that was very similar to it, but he didn't brand it and call it a T drill. So I don't know what you call a T drill, because what I call a T drill might be different. I, watch some of the handling stuff that I do. Um, I believe the, you know, Cody Go Back is a series we did on handling dogs. I think the very first thing we ever did with hand signals with her was either in my front yard, in our yard up against like a, a wood line, uh, a chunk of woods that was a, a straight horizontal line, or it might have been in the neighbor's cow pasture or horse pasture where they had a fence, like a fenced um, rope fence. Again, straight 90 degree type thing, um, 180 degree straight line. Either way, whatever it was, wherever it was that I did that, because and I say that because those are the two spots I usually take a dog to start handling right and left. To me, I stand in one spot, they stand in a straight line in front of me, and they run 90 degrees left or right using some type of a barrier, whether it be a tree line or a fence or whatever it is. If you put that, if you put a drone up in the air and you took a picture of it, what would that look like? Well, it would look like the letter T. So in theory, am I writing? Am I running a T drill? I might be, but. I, I, it depends on what you want to call it and what your trainer wants to call it. So I, I, that's a different story we're going to get into a little bit deeper. But the idea of the process, I do think that the process has a similar direction that it takes. Most of the time, it's a pretty similar direction. Most of the time, there is some sequential things that have to take place. Like that's not, I don't think that varies that much. You have to have certain things to be able to do the other things. Like you have to have certain tools in your toolbox to be able to go build a certain thing. Well, I have to have certain skills with the dog to be able to go do another higher level skill with the dog. So that, it's just none of them are the same. So 
Let's get specifically into this guy's question. And then I'll remind everybody that's listening to this that if you've listened to the other 98, because I believe we're on number 99, which means there's a big anniversary coming up here. Next one is 100. So episodes, that is, for podcasts. So if you've listened to the other 98 episodes of this podcast, I think you'll understand and you'll recognize that specifically when I address somebody's dog, like when I based off of one of these emails, direct messages, whatever, however I got it, it's specifically answering someone's question. It doesn't mean that it's specifically answering your issue with your dog, but I think you should listen to all of it and take it all in and apply trial and error and find out what works best. That's, that's how I train. I, I try a little bit of something and if it works, I keep going. If it doesn't, I take a step back and I go, how come it didn't work? What's the reasoning? And then make an adjustment and try something else. So this is specifically for Colin. It may apply to Tim or John or Sue or Anne, but it might not as well. So if you're listening, don't be the person that says, but you said in episode 99 to do this. Well, I said it to try it for Colin and maybe it won't work. And maybe it will. And that's specific for what Colin has told me in this message. So let's get into it. My goal for the puppy is to eventually have a great deer dog. My problem is that I'm take, not taking him with me during the day to work. He'll be home with my wife and kids. I know they won't follow the same standard that I will try to achieve. But I'm going to skip down to the third to the next paragraph and say and read you this. This will be our third dog. My wife trained the first two, and they were and are incredible in both discipline and obedience. Colin, keep the dog at home with your wife. Because what I'm going to tell you to do is for the first year, focus on what you just said your wife did an incredible job with, discipline and obedience. And when I say discipline, discipline does not mean punishment. Discipline means respect. Discipline, discipline means, I, I don't know what the definition of discipline is, but it's the, I could look it up for you. Ben, Google the definition of discipline. The, the word discipline should be a positive thing. So I'm not going to go off on a tangent on this, but you said it, discipline and obedience, you did an incredible job. That's great. Keep it with her. You need that. Because if you want to do stuff in the field, you have to have that first and foremost. The definition of discipline is the practice of training people to obey rules or code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. Now, that is not what we want here. So that's, well, that's one definition. Now, definition number two, a branch of knowledge typically one studied in higher education. That's, that's also discipline. To train, to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. See, here's where I look at the word discipline. Discipline, for me, is used in a sentence. This is how I like to use it. And I'm going to disagree with, search, search it out more. There's got to be more. Uh, because the word discipline... Let's see, a system, a system of rules or conduct is also a definition of discipline. An activity or experience that provides mental or physical training is also considered disciplines. So there is a lot of different ways of describing the word discipline. Here's where I like it. Steph Curry is a very disciplined basketball player. Steph Curry is not punished. Steph Curry did not become the person he is on both on and off the court because he was working out of fear of punishment. I, I'm quite certain of that. Uh, Steph Curry 
is a very disciplined basketball player, meaning he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He doesn't go off at night and find himself in nightclubs at 2 a.m. Uh, where nothing good is going to happen. He's, if, you've, if you know anything about him, or there's other players like him, uh, pretty grounded, pretty strong faith-based, pretty definitely one of the finest worth work ethics in the league. Uh, if it, now, I'm not saying he's the only one because I know there's a lot of them that are like that. But the amount of work that he puts in and sees the benefit from, to me, that is the type of discipline I'm looking for. I'm also I'm so when it comes to my dogs, a well-disciplined dog to me is a dog that has the willingness to conform to what we're asking them, not because he's scared of me, but because they have this thing that's in them called biddability, which is willingness to please, like they're wired for it. So you have said it, I used your word, incredible with discipline and obedience. You've got that forming with your wife. So I, <clears throat> my question goes back to <clears throat> now, I'm questioning you, Colin, because you said, I know they won't follow the same standard that I would. Well, if they have achieved that great level of discipline and obedience, then you should follow their standards, not having them follow your standards. Now, I'm not saying yours is bad, but I'm saying join in the party. To me, it sounds like there's a big factor involved when it comes to raising a dog. And there's going to be a lot of young dogs that go home to people under Christmas trees in the next week. There's going to be lots of them. And what I think is important is there's a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of folks like Colin that will reach out and say, here's what I want, but this is what my family's going to do. How do we... Can I have both? Because you actually said it. Can I? Is it possible to have a dog that can have the discipline to be able to hunt sheds and track deer while playing with the kids and having free range of the backyard? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, consistency is key in forming habits. Like That's repetition and consistency will form a habit. There's also an importance of consistency from handler to handler. In a, in a, that's important in order to have a dog find success. And it's also important to be fair. I don't think it's fair when we have two sets of rules depending on who's in charge at that moment. That's not, that's not fair on the dog. That's asking too much for them to memorize rules from two different scenarios. It's a lot. I, it's a, it, it can be compared to you know rules at the house. Like you go to grandparents' houses and they have a certain set of rules. You go to mom and dad's house, and they have a certain set of rules. And when the kid gets a little bit older, okay. But when you've got a little one, I've got a little one. I've got a one that's going to turn two in January, Lillian. And when Lillian is allowed, if she's allowed to go visit grandma and grandpa's house, or auntie and uncle's house, or whoever's house, someone else's house, and she can do whatever she wants there. She can throw toys around. She doesn't have to pick anything up. She can drop her garbage wherever she wants. She can take anything out at any time. She She's allowed to, you know, here's, here's one at our house. We have Christmas trees, and she's not allowed to take the ornaments off the tree, okay? Now, Steph was pretty smart about it. Now, and this this is kind of like, this is a little bit of training. So Steph said, your, the rules are you cannot take the trees, ornaments off the big tree in the living room. But Lillian really wants to take ornaments on and off the tree. It's just something she really likes to do. Well, Cece, her sister Sierra, has a Christmas tree in her room. 
Lillian, you are not allowed to take the ornaments on and off of Cece's tree. Now, how do we, so it's very tempting for Lillian and Lillian really wants to do it. And quite honestly, I don't know that it's a bad idea to have her do it. I think, you know, it's, she kind of gets the idea of decorating a tree. She thinks it's, she thinks she's doing a little bit of work. She saw mom doing it. She wants to replicate what mom does. I think those are all real positive things, but how do we keep her from taking all the ornaments off the damn tree in the living room? Well, mom set up Lillian's tree in Lillian's room. And Lillian's allowed to decorate it and undecorate it as much as she wants. But that's it. She's allowed to touch her tree and not anyone else's tree. Now that is a little, she's going to be two years old. If this was last Christmas, where last Christmas she was just starting to walk around. She was a year old. She was just starting to walk around and probably would have liked to have ripped, tree, ripped ornaments off trees then. I don't know that she would have even recognized the idea of what we were doing of decorating a tree. I think she saw the fancy glowing things and wanted to tear them off. If we allowed that to happen and said, no, you can do it on your tree, but you can't the other, she couldn't comprehend that. Because at one year old, she just wasn't old enough to do it. We had to be crystal clear with her at that point. And actually, not even like put it up to her. We had to say, let's make it so she can't get to the tree. Because we know what she's going to do. She'll want to tear it and she can't hardly balance. So she's going to tip the tree over. So what did we do? We had barriers all over our house last year. Like we had things that you can't go up steps. We had things you can't get to the trees. You had, we had shit all over the place blocking stuff. That was all of us being on the same page and recognizing what her capabilities were. And we said, let's set her up for success, not allow her to have it. Now this year, she's a little bit more advanced. She actually understands the concept of some rules. So we say, okay, you can decorate one tree. You can't decorate the other. Now, if she didn't get that, if she couldn't understand that and comprehend that, then we would say you, either you can't touch any trees or we'd have the trees blocked off again. So we just take steps of protection of, of setting her up to succeed. And as she develops a little more, as we develop a little more trust and confidence and with what she can and cannot do, what she understands and doesn't understand, keeping it fair, all the while keeping it fair and recognizing maybe we make a mistake. Maybe we, maybe we thought she was capable of something that she's really not. So take a step back. But we, we, we approach that every day when it comes to raising kids. I think it has to be mirrored when it comes to raising these dogs. So, but the importance is one set of rules is what it starts out with. So here's what you need is you need consistency with if, and you've already told me that she's really good at discipline and obedience. So I'm going to tell you, Colin, talk with your wife and get on the same page with her. If you see some things where you go, I think it would be better if we had this habit formed instead of that, have the conversation. It's communicating. If we expect the dog, we're, we're trying to communicate with a dog that's first off really young and limited in probably what it can and can't understand. But we recognize that. But they are really sharp and they're incredibly sponge-like when they're at that young age. And they're incredibly able to absorb and form good habits early on if we set them up for it. So the communication with the dog can sometimes be more simple than the communication with our wife. I run into this all the time, Colin. I run into it with my family. I run in, I'm going through a thing with my family right now where I literally had to make a phone call yesterday to my parents because I said, I just, I preach the idea of communication and how important it is. And if something's on my mind and I just let it fester and don't talk about it and don't bring it up and don't make it, make 
those around me aware of it, that's really poor communication. And what will end up happening is it will continue to fester. It will become an, an issue that becomes much bigger and deeper and harder to remedy the further I let it not be out in the open. So I brought it up. I made a phone call. I brought it up. Now I had to be pretty tactful about it, but it's also, that's the art of communication. How do you deliver the message? When it comes to talking with these dogs, how do we deliver the message? You can communicate. You might have the right thing in your mind of what you want or your expectations, but you deliver it poorly. Your results will not be very good. So communication is just super important and it can start not only with just you and your puppy, 10 to 12 week old pup, but first start it off with your wife. Then start it off, then connect it to your kids. Because you brought, you're bringing in a puppy to a family of, let's see, you've got four children, your wife and you, that's six. Six people are going to impact this puppy's life. If there's six different directions, the puppy won't stand a chance. If you guys get on the same page and you have six people rowing the boat the same way with the same cadence in the same rhythm, the boat will move forward in the right direction. The boat will be steered when it needs to be steered. That's what you need to do. Now, your oldest is nine. I don't know how young your youngest is. But hey, I got a two-year-old here that doesn't take ornaments off of the one tree or the other tree, but does the one, the one that we want her to. So I that's pretty complex. The idea of, now, one of the things that you, you may have to do is you may have to in, establish and put in some discipline within the house to say, it's not a free-for-all with the 10-week-old puppy. We're not going to let Timmy and Johnny play tug-of-war with the puppy. We're not going to let them... Uh, run around and tease the puppy to come bite them and nip them and chew them. Like, you're going to have to be dad. But that's no different than if you had, uh, let's just say it's not a puppy. Let's say you had a fifth kid. Okay, so you bring in a baby. So you, I don't know how old your youngest is, but I know your oldest is nine. When you bring in a baby, let's say, you, let's just back up and say, when did you have your fourth kid? When you brought your fourth kid home, did you allow the other three kids to, it's just a baby. Let it be a baby. Let the kids play with it. Let them throw it around a little bit. Let them drag it. Let them play with it. Let them have, let them have some fun. Let them tease it a little bit. Let them roll it down the stairs. It's just a baby. No, you didn't. You were very protective of the baby. And you said, kids, this is your little baby brother or sister. And this is what you need to do. You need to be very gentle. You need to be very careful. You can't scream in its face. Oh, the baby's sleeping. We got to let it sleep. There were all these rules that got put into place when baby number four came home. This is baby number five. Treat baby number five like you did baby number four, number three, number two when you had number one. And start to get them on board with the idea of you guys get to be part of the process of raising little baby poodle. And so now we're getting them, they're, getting, they're, they're buying into the idea of they've got vested stake in this. They're part of this equation they become the trainers you train the trainers and then the trainers train the puppy but the idea of we just want to have the kids free play and let them free range in the house and let them run around because he's just a puppy you would never do that if it was just a baby treat this one like a baby and have rules and have an understanding that i always tell people you should treat it like a puppy you should enjoy it like a puppy just like i enjoy it like a baby you know i we go back to the two-year-old. I love letting her be a little two-year-old. 
I just enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. But the other day, she slapped me. And so when she slapped me, I was very quick to change my tone and let her know that that was 100% not acceptable. She likes to play with the dogs, but she gets a little rough with the dogs at times too. And when she does, I immediately, my wife immediately, our daughter immediately, our son immediately steps in and says, Lillian, you don't do that. Be gentle. And as soon as we change that tone, as soon as we make that comment to her, she looks at us and goes, sorry. And she reaches out and pets the puppy, pets the dog, real gently. And we go, that's more like it. Good job. That's training right there. That's training her to understand. Now, what am I, at the same time, I'm not just letting her be a kid because guess what she wants to do when she's just being a kid? She wants to grab the dog by the ear and pull on it and grab her by the mouth and slap it and... Because that's just her not understanding. But that's me being a trainer. But it's also being a dad and being a person. And it's instilling stuff in these little kids that hopefully transfers into adulthood, you know, teenagers, and then to adults. So it starts today. We don't let kids get to be teenagers and then start talking to them about what's right or wrong. We don't start let puppies turn into dogs and then... Start asking them to understand what's right or wrong. It's not fair. It won't work. So we absolutely have to get everyone on the same page. And that's 100% achieved through good communication. And that's on every level. That's on on the level of talking with your family about it, preparing. Now, uh, you said you just purchased the training video package and some training aids. I hope that that video helped. I would not watch it alone, Colin. I'd have everybody watch it. Make it fun for them. Pop popcorn, turn it into a chapter a night. Whatever you got to do is long. The more you can do to get everybody pointed in the same direction, the more success you'll have. The more success you have, the more fun you have. The best way to enjoy a puppy is a well disciplined puppy. Because well disciplined puppies get to do everything. Puppies that free range and have freedom to do whatever they want go to the humane society. Because pretty soon they become too big and we can't control them and they're knocking the kids down. And I say that, it's a harsh reality. I say it not to scare anyone. I say it because it's the truth. It Take advantage of the time. Enjoy. I always tell people, one of the things that I've recognized and realized real quickly when it comes to people that are sending me messages that are in the journey, in the process of training their dog, I, I always try to remind them to enjoy it. Don't enjoy the finish. Don't enjoy the end. I've had Bella is no Bella is a dog that we trained. YouTube Bella Be Good the series. I think we're up to over 125 videos with it. She's going home in a couple weeks. I'm gonna have to choke back tears here because I'm gonna miss her. I really love the dog. I love them all. I love every dog I train. But this one is the latest. She's the one that I love the most right now because she's right here. She's going home in a couple weeks. It's gonna be really hard. But She's not finished by any means. She's on a really nice start. She's going she's gonna to have some really good years of hunting in front of her, uh, really good years of tracking in front of her. I just, I'm, just, I'm just extremely happy with the dog. But part of it is from in the field. Part, is it, part of it is heavily because of how much I enjoy her in the house or traveling or doing anything I've done with her for the last, I don't know how long we've had her. We've had her since we got her in the sun early summer, not last summer, but the summer before. It's going on two years. I mean, it's a year and a half solid right now. 
And I'm going, I, we hunted with her very little. The little bit of hunting that we did with her was great. I really enjoyed it. Now, it wasn't all great. Some of it was miserable. We, fo- we filmed it and showed it to you. Watch the Bella Be Good series. You'll see it. Some of it was really bad hunting. It was really bad set- setups that I put her in, and, and she failed miserably, and I did too. And then we followed it up, and we learned from it, and we got better. And, and so we've had some great hunts since. And when I say all the hunts were great, I, I actually say that, and I, I include the, sh- the bad hunt, the, the one that was really bad, because it was great. It was a great learning experience for her and I. And I look at this whole thing as I'm never going to actually see her get to the point where she's where she's going to be. Like I, she won't be with me then. She'll be with her owner. So I don't even get to experience it. I don't. I don't. I don't. I won't experience the end with her. The finish. That finished word again. I hate that word. I hate started. I hate finished. I, I, because it's never finished. I'm not. I won't. I haven't even experienced finished with Ellie or Taylor yet. Taylor's seven. Ellie's going to be five. I think she is five. I haven't even experienced that with them yet. What I have, and, and don't get me wrong, I've really enjoyed those dogs and continue to. But here's what I've enjoyed the most the journey. I've enjoyed the process of getting to where we are with each of them today the most. I really like that part. And if all we do is look forward to the idea of getting them to be great deer dog, and I'm not saying, Colin, that you're missing the boat here, but I'm, I'm warning you or I'm telling you ahead of time, it says, my goal for the puppy to eventually be a great deer dog. Don't let that be the time you, enjoy, be the time you start enjoying the dog. Enjoy the dog the day you pick him up. Enjoy the time the dog shits on the floor and shake your head and go, man, am I an idiot for not coordinating and scheduling and setting the timing up so that the dog doesn't have the accident. Now, I know it's frustrating. I know you want to you drop kick the dog at that moment, but don't. Recognize where the issue really lies, and it wasn't with the dog more than likely. And if it was with the dog, think of the last time you were at work and you made a mistake. And remind yourself that you are a human being and that dog is a dog. Because I'll tell you right now, I've made some giant errors in the last week. I've made some really big mistakes in the last month. This last year, I can't even tell you how many times I've screwed up. But if I were fired, well... Who's gonna fire me? Scott, I guess, could let me go, but uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in a good position because I'm the guy that would have to fire myself. And sometimes it's important to, to recognize that because treat yourself. Look at yourself. So here's a good example. If you're the boss, if you're the leader, and you're the guy that's looking to critique and judge everybody that's working under you, and you're picking apart their performance, just for a day. Pick apart your own performance. Take a step back and recognize that you make the mistakes too. And nobody's over your back pointing them out to you because, yeah, maybe they shouldn't. You know, they, they, I don't know. If I make a major mistake, I would hope that the guys on our team would point it out to me and say, now I think they might have to do it tactfully. I don't think they can just say, hey, you're an idiot, you know. But I think if they were tactful and said, I think you should look at it this way because maybe this is something that we could get a little more out of this. And I didn't notice it. Man, I would 
at the moment, I might be a little embarrassed. I might go, man, I am an idiot. I'm not going to probably tell them that. Maybe I will, though. And quite honestly, I'll respect them a whole lot more for pointing it out to me. But some people that are the leaders just can't hear that. They just can't stand hearing that they made a mistake. We all make mistakes. So when that little puppy makes a mistake, let's not treat it like it's the end of the world. Let's treat it as an opportunity to learn something, both the puppy and you. I, I think if you do that and you embrace this idea, starting when they're little, all the way up through the process of wherever you go with it, I think you're going to have a lot of enjoyment along the way, which is really what I think the dogs are for. They're not just here for us to enjoy them on that, in those few moments of glory when you're out on the pheasant field and the dog flushes and retrieves. The dog makes a nice blind retrieval out of a duck blind. Those are great moments. Those are moments that you never forget. Those are real highlights of the season. But if that's all you get for enjoyment out of them, man, you're wasting a lot of opportunity there to get some joy in life. Because sometimes it's just sitting, sometimes it's after a really bad day in your home and you're disgusted and the dog walks over to you and puts its head on your lap and you just find yourself scratching your ear. You you don't even realize it. You just do it. You're scratching your ear and all of a sudden you feel better about things. It's because that dog doesn't, that's a highlight. That's the dog bringing you some joy. That's That's you enjoying the dog. Maybe it inspires you a little bit to go do something else. Keep that in mind. It's not always about being a great deer dog. And how you're gonna get how you're gonna get there is a really important way. And I do think circling it all back here, Colin, I think it starts with the communication within the house. You got six people that gotta be on the same page. And if you do, if you are, I got a feeling the progress will go quicker. The process will be more enjoyable. The end ro- end results, the, the where your dog ends up will be much further. Than, than if you try to battle it, battle through it with poor communication on both your part to the family and the family's part with you and in exchange with the communication of the dog, communicating back and forth with the dog. Okay, I, that's a good one. It went a little longer probably than, it, than I hoped it to be. It's not too bad, 35 minutes, but um, 99, that was episode 99. I can't thank you guys enough for listening to these. Um, if you, and I don't like asking for favors, but sometimes, uh, you have to, I think, um, I've, I've seen other people ask for favors and I went, I'm going to help them out because I get something, some value from them. I want to help. I think a lot of people, I think that's the one thing that I need to get better at. I need to get better at realizing that it's funny that there are a lot of people that just want to help. And so I feel guilty about asking for help at times, a lot of times. And I don't recognize that there's so many people that want to. You know, I, I get pissed off at my parents if they don't ask for help. But I'm afraid to ask for help at times. So I think I got to, you know, recognize some things myself. But here's what I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to ask if you would be willing to share, share the podcast with someone that you think it might help, dog-wise. Uh, I don't know, maybe not dog-wise, but just someone doesn't need to be limited to that. Share it with someone you think it might be helpful for. Uh, I'm going to also ask the favor with our YouTube channel. I got, ben, I got Ben just grinding on the YouTube channel. He's putting out 
so many videos. We're recording tons. We're taking all the stuff that we've recorded over the years and never did anything with and weren't sure exactly why we we were even recording it at the time. And we're trying to utilize our YouTube channel because I'm crawling out from under the stone and realizing that a lot of people use that for information. It's I use it now. It's a pretty good source. Um, it's really a nice tool. And so we're trying to grow the YouTube following. And I'm asking you if you're a YouTuber or you watch YouTube, if you'd subscribe to the YouTube channel. I got a little, I have some, I have some benchmarks that I'm trying to inspire Ben to hit when it comes to followers because that it's really the way we measure stuff. I do think some interaction is good, um, which we need to get a little bit better on replying. And I apologize if you're a YouTuber and you sent us messages and we didn't respond back. We're going to go through them. It's just between YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, email, and text message because a lot of people have my phone number because it's on our packaging. But anyway... Uh, there's a, just a ton of responses back to get back to. So sometimes YouTube is actually not seeing the priority list, which we, we've got it on our list to, to address. 2021 is a year of some change here. We're going to be growing in certain aspects of our business, and we're going to try to do it in certain ways, and one of them is YouTube. So if you would, follow our YouTube channel and subscribe to it and turn notifications on that'll get you uh the aware the awareness of when ben drops a new one he's putting a lot of videos up um constantly so and we've got a new series that we're going to be starting so here's the teaser for that i'm sure i've had people a few people ask me you know about as bella wraps up what's next well yeah what is next we've got a new series that we're going to be working on and i'm really excited about it um different than anyone that we've done before it will be driven on youtube We'll be using social media as much as we can on it as well, but I think it's going to be a YouTube liver. It's going to be based off of YouTube. And so if you would subscribe there, hit the notifications thing. That's all I'm asking. And if you, when it comes to the podcast, share it with someone. If you're on a app that listens to podcasts, please leave us a review. That That is huge for us as well. Allows us to have a better understanding of how we're doing, what we're doing, and it helps with us with our tracking stuff. So I know there. Some people wonder why Why it really helps with us for tracking and it helps for us um, with being able to hopefully put it in in front of others that it may make sense for um, from like a interest standpoint. So thank you guys for all the support. If I, if we, you, we may have some more podcasts come out before Christmas yet. We've got a couple days yet, but we're going to be recording a few more. Appreciate your support. Colin, I'll be shooting you an email. Um, I, th- I hope this podcast helps with some of the stuff that you're going going through and facing. It sounds like that pup was recently delivered. So good luck with it. Keep us posted. Thank you guys for the support. We appreciate it more than you even know. Mm-hmm.